Folks, welcome to episode 236 of the Alamo Auto Podcast, brought to you by the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Republic of Football Podcast Network. This is your host, Jared Thomas, joined by my co-host, H. Bermudez, for our final game preview of the 2023 football season. And as Adrian mentioned before we hit record, truly the end of an era for the Roadrunners football program, as we will see Frank Harris depart from UTSA starting quarterback and for having been in this program for what feels like forever. <laughs> Insane, man. Yes. The last game preview of the Frank Harris era, which is what we're going to go ahead and coin it, I guess from 2020 to 2023 will fall into UTSA history books as the Frank Harris era of UTSA football and uh very, very bittersweet to be doing the final game preview of the Frank Harris era, man. Uh, be honest with you. it's It's been highly, highly rewarding to watch Frank Harris and this team grow and blossom into complete conference domination over the last three seasons from just a team that was scraping to get a winning record before turning the corner with Jeff Trailer's arrival. It's it's uh, not only been rewarding, but um, something we've been very, very fortunate to, uh, to have seen and to be privileged of as UTSA fans, mm-hmm. to have this unprecedented winning after winning after winning seasons, three in a row, be competing for conference titles, winning two of them. And, uh, you know, four just four in a row. Right? Four in a row. that? Four in a row. Four in a row. Four in a row on, on bowl game appearances. Yeah. Just uh, a team that's only been around for 12 years, 13 years. It's crazy, Jared, to to have been here through all of the eras, through the the Sosa era, the Sturm era, and now the Harris era, which, you know, you could also have the coaches eras as well. But but to be a little more concentrated, I'm going to go with those quarterbacks eras. And uh, golly, man, UTSA fans have become so, so spoiled because of the Frank Harris era, because of Frank Harris himself. Um, and and we appreciate it. We We really, really do appreciate you making us you know, fat, spoiled fans of UTSA Roadrunners football, man. It really has been special. Yeah, no kidding. It's crazy to think back at what this program was um, before Frank Harris entered the picture. And, all you know, all the kind of off the field stuff, the fan support, ticket sales, NIL, coaching salaries, practice facilities, all that stuff. I mean, we've come a light year as a program since Frank Harris got here. And it's it's so cool that like there's this whole era that's just perfectly encapsulated just by his time at UTSA alone. But you know, we were talking like when you talk about the the eras by quarterbacks, there's that kind of black mark of like post Sturm pre Harris. Like, what are we calling that? <laughs> the quarterback right. era. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was some dark times, buddy. The end of the Wilson era. Yeah, dude, there's there's kind of an in-between between Sosa and Sturm, and then there's an in-between between Sturm and Harris, which is definitely a little bit more egregious than the, than the gap between Sosa and Sturm. And uh, yeah, dude, and, and for it to be a hometown hero that comes and mm-hmm. pulls us out of the mud and, and takes us to the stardom that he prophesized when he picked up that UTSA football cap on you know kids five when he picked up the rowdy head cap and, and put it on live broadcast it's uh it, it really is special man it really is special so kudos to frank harris and the entire squad 
of, of seniors and, and, and guys that have led this era of UTSA football to stardom and to, and to winning excellence, got us over 500 all time, got us a couple of conference titles and got us a lot of respect mm-hmm. across the national college football landscape. Yep. Well, Adrian, we'll be sending Frank and the rest of these guys off with the Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl 2023 edition. Had you ever heard of Scooter's Coffee before this bowl game? <laughs> I have. I have heard of Scooter's oh, okay. Coffee. I live I live in the suburbs of Houston. I was born and raised in the suburbs of Houston and uh, still there, baby. And all of a sudden, I guess it was maybe about a year and a half or two years ago, you started seeing across Northwest H-Town all these Scooters po- coffees popping up. I can't actually tell you that I've been to one. I've never had a Scooters coffee, but I have driven by many of Scooters in the Northern Spring slash Woodlands area. Yes, indeed. There's probably three or four that have popped up in like a two-year span around this area. Yeah, I just pulled up on Google Maps. There's quite a few out there near where you're at. Nothing anywhere near me. There's one... Almost by Pasadena, so maybe I'll have to drive over there and check it. I, uh, you know, the last time that UTSA went to the the Frisco Bowl it was the Tropical Smoothie Bowl, which I had never heard of that place. And then I looked it up, and there was one like a mile from my house. I was like, I've got to go, right? I, I didn't Support. go. I'm not. I'm oh, not going to go to Scooter's Coffee. <laughs> if they have some if of the you, bowl, I'll happily take if, it. If you went all the way to the pass and get down Dina, my boy, and you got freaking scooters, freaking coffee, I'd be so disappointed because there's much better, there's much, much better fare that you could enjoy in the pass and get down Dina area, my boy. So I uh, I did hear that scooters is pretty good from people that have tried it. They said it's, it's very sweet, very savory drinks, but it is good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. I mean, I like it. They seem to be like small pop-up sort of shops, drive through, never been in one myself. Um, I don't know if they have any breakfast items there, but I'd imagine, yeah, it's the place to go get the the iced frap or whatever you have you, you know, extra whipped cream on it. Not really my style when it comes to coffee. I enjoy, I enjoy a good coffee with the coffee taste, Mm -hmm. like my espresso heavy, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, dude, I'm all for Scooter's Coffee. My UTSA roommate um, and, and fellow drumline member, his name was Andrew Drew. I called him Scooter. That was my nickname for him. So whenever uh, whenever his Scooter's Coffee Bowl, I texted him. I was like, hey, Scooter, UTSA is playing in the Scooter Bowl. How about that? And uh, we got a pretty good kick out of that. So shout out to Scooter, my boy. Shout out to Scoot. This is way off topic. I don't want to spend more time on this than we have, but I got to admit, I'm super confused to how these like startup coffee companies get so much funding to do these massive expansions. Like you really think you're going to beat out Starbucks and Dunkin's and all that? Like it's crazy. I'm skeptical. I'm really skeptical of the business prop here. Oh, super, super skeptical as if there's and and in and, and they're choosing geographical areas that are highly concentrated, right. overly saturated right. with Starbucks and Dunkin's and coffee yeah. factories and whatever have you. So, um, yeah, dude, it's going to be hard. I still think there's a few tropical smoothie cafes lying around, though. So maybe Scooter's, right. maybe Scooter's Coffee has a, has a good chance here. I'm more impressed at their ability to be able to sponsor a bowl game, even only, you know, being in business for a year and extremely rapid expansion. You know, like, yeah. where is this? Where Where is this debt financing coming from? I don't know. It also makes me wonder how much does it cost to sponsor a, a low-level bowl game? You know, like, can we maybe crowdfund this and... Can Alamo Audible have 
Because <laughs> I mean, you look at some of these bottle sponsors, man. It's crazy. Duke's mayonnaise, Barstool Sports, RNL Carrier. These are, these are not massive brands here. I guess Barstool maybe is. I don't know. Yep. All right, <sighs> whatever. I'll pull myself together here. <laughs> Bowl so funny, scooter, dude. scooter Frisco. The Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl is being played. Next Tuesday, that's going to be December 19th, is going to be broadcast nationally on ESPN. Kickoff is at 8 p.m. Central Time. So, you know, I mean, it's the middle of the week before Christmas. Work is probably slowing down. Maybe you're trying to finish all your fourth quarter numbers. Maybe work is absolutely bonkers for you. UTSA is going to be playing until about midnight o'clock on Tuesday. Yeah, you better, you better grab yourself a Scooter's iced coffee around five to get you through. <laughs> night, okay. Yeah, for Especially sure. Especially those roadrunners that are making a day trip out of it. Godspeed to you, man. That's uh, that's concerning. Yeah, that's crazy. You, you got to be crazy. And, uh, you know, that Dallas road trip is not an easy one, especially from San Antonio. It's not easy from Houston. Right. It's further. Yeah. Uh, but for San Antonio, it's even further than that. So, yeah, man, go speed to those guys. You yeah. guys are the real troopers, the real well, uh, sick Pivot a bit into, you know, actual football talk around the bowl game and not uh, silly corporate branding. You know, my read of it from the UTSA perspective is they're taking this bowl game really seriously, like really, really seriously. Um, we saw Josh Sipas say that he's 100% committed to playing in the bowl game. Yeah. Uh, you know, Coach Trailer has commented a couple of times that they're not looking at this as a development opportunity for the young players, but they're putting the best guys out there and and they're they're aiming to win this game, right? Um, that's I crazy, think, dude. I, I think usually if a team has a season like UTSA had and you get an opponent selection that's a six and six Sunbelt team, like you're not super juiced up and amped about it, but I think it's a little unique for UTSA because they still haven't won a bowl game. It's the one thing that Jeff Trailer has not accomplished at UTSA, that Frank Harris has not accomplished at UTSA, and the program yep. as a whole has yet to kind of check off that um, accomplishment off the list, right? So it seems like a very focused team. Reports out of practice have been positive, but they're really energized and, and really focused and um, attacking it as if it were a regular season game. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about the Roadrunners, and it's uh, I don't know if the vibe is the same on the Marshall side. They've had a tumultuous uh, end of the regular season all over the place this is all over the place on the Marshall side but there's a lot on the line here for UTSA this is the first time in the trailer area in the Frank Harris era that they're playing a bowl game that actually really feels like um well maybe not the first time but maybe the second time I could say well it's the biggest they've ever been a favorite in a bowl game I don't know if they were favored in the last couple well it feels like this is the one time that they've really had something to play for in their bowl game because the the last two bowl games came after conference championship wins right and so you hoist that conference championship up that's the ultimate goal the ultimate prize all season long hmm, it seems like the bowl game is just like a consolation game at that point yeah right I mean. like we're just so gonna this play is the first one time more. that they've needed a consolation prize after slipping There's, up there's stakes there now. Yeah. For this team, we, where, yeah, where I, I don't think so. stakes existed after winning a conference title. Now they feel those stakes, especially the last game that they're ever going to play together. A yeah. lot of these guys last football game, in their entire football playing careers, um, the last game of an era. And what you just said, UTSA never hoisting that bowl trophy before. And now they feel like, man, we have to go out there and win this one. This is the last time we're going to play together. We got to get this monkey off our back. We have to get one last first. So, yeah, it feels like there's stakes kind of for the first time ever. You don't want to send Frank Harris out with a loss either. That's a big part of it to me. 
For sure. For sure. And I think those guys know that, you know, they 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 could play a little bit better than the way that things went against Tulane. And, and maybe that leaves a little bit of a bitter taste in their mouth as well. Mm-hmm. So UTSA is a 13-point favorite. Um, I'm yes. scrolling through all of the bowl point spreads right now, and it looks like UTSA is about the uh, fourth or third highest point favorite across any of the bowl matchups. Just to give you an idea of, you know, <laughs> how uneven of a matchup, I guess it is. You know, almost all of these bowls are, are within a, a touchdown point differential um, as far as the the spread goes, you just say a 13 point favorite up from 10. Um, I guess the biggest difference since when the line opened is the news that Marshall's starting quarterback has entered the transfer portal. So maybe it's a surprise that it only went up three points. Well, that was the thing, Jared is, you know, an eight and four UTSA team versus a six and six Marshall team. UTSA would be heavily favorited regardless of what's going on at Marshall. Let's say, everything was going great at Marshall. UTSA would still be highly favored, but then you add in all of this crazy stuff. They've had 12 players enter the transfer portal, including the starting quarterback, as you just alluded to, Cam Frencher. And then they had four assistant coaches let go after Mm -hmm. the last regular season game. So 12 guys on the roster going to the portal, four coaches on the staff now gone. Pretty tumultuous, if you ask me. Not to mention all of the drama that's going on with the the travel ability of the Marshall Thundering Herd marching band. And so this added a whole other element of extracurricular (laughs) stuff, right? And so it's just been crazy over at Marshall. But we have confirmed that there will be 50 band members of the Thundering Herd marching band that will travel to Frisco. That's good, man. That's good. I'm glad. glad. I I feel like you always got to find a way to cover that. You know, that's... That's weak sauce. Um, I'm like, if you're not going to send your band, just like decline the bowl invitation. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Um, wow. You also forgot one other tumultuous piece of news coming out of, of Huntington. Uh, and that was uh, Coach Charles Huff in as many words saying that, yeah, our fans suck and they're overly critical and they're also broke. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a man that is on heading into the last year of his contract with no extension. And uh, he knows it. He's got nothing left to hold back. That was, that was a shocking quote. I'm sure like a lot, a ton of college football coaches feel that way about their fan base, but uh, to actually verbalize it to the media was wild. Crazy. So when Cam Fancher, uh, Cam Fancher, Fancher, I think it's Fancher. When Cam, when Cam Fancher decided to enter the transfer portal, uh, Marshall head coach Charles Huff had a quote. There isn't a lot of money for NIL, and the fans hate him. The kid has been miserable, end quote. So really kind of belittling the the Marshall Thundering Herd fan base, but sort of using the using the Fancher transfer as like his uh, stance to then attack. His, right. uh, his own fans. Yeah. Right. Pointing, like, pointing the blame back in the fans. What is that, man? That is outrageous, bro. Yeah, it is. That wild. is outrageous. It's wild. And I saw like Cam's like sister was arguing with people on Facebook. And then his mom was saying, oh, that's not true. I mean, it's just madness over there. The program is in disarray 
uh, it really sucks to see, honestly, for such a, a proud, historic, successful program that uh, is, is really well known nationally and just everything you hear, how welcoming and friendly their fans are. And uh, it really sucks to see them in the state they're in right now. Yeah, and definitely that's deserve it, better. That's it. That's it right there. That's it right there. Like Marshall is the one fan base that there's just no way you can attack because though, right. oh, I mean, any and every Marshall Thundering Herd alumnus or fan is like an absolute diehard. Mm-hmm. They care a hell of a lot about their program. They care a hell of a lot about their team and their players. There's just no way that you can make that attack on on a on that sort of fan base. It's, it's not by any means an apathetic fan base. Um, so I, that. It's just a crazy remark to make. Yeah, agreed. Um, to to spin back the clock a little bit and talk about how Marshall got to this point, they they've really had an interesting season. If you look at their kind of results, like week by week, um, yeah. pretty pretty tough schedule. Um, they started off with Albany out of the FCS rank, narrowly won there, but Albany made a deep playoff run. They might still be in the playoffs for the FCS. Um, if not, I think they they maybe just got eliminated last week. Um, so close score, but I mean, that's a pretty solid FCS team there. Um, they beat East Carolina pretty heavily. UTC fans are pretty familiar with what ECU had this year. Uh, they actually beat Virginia Tech. They had Virginia Tech in Huntington at the Joan, won that one 24-17. Uh, beat Old Dominion. You're feeling pretty good right now. You know, you're sitting at 4-0. You just beat a Power 5 team last week. And then... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then... So they and they travel to Raleigh and play NC State, lose by a touchdown. Mm. They compound that mm. with a 24 to 41 loss in Atlanta to Georgia State. And then it just really picks up from there, man. Lost nine to twenty against James Madison, lost 34 to 6 to Coastal, lost 31 to 9 against App State. Um mm. then they start to turn around a little bit. They beat Georgia Southern, bowl game comes back into the picture. Uh, and then they travel to Mobile and just get slaughtered by South Alabama, 28-0. I watched that full game. It was ugly, ugly, ugly. Um, South Alabama definitely could have doubled up that score pretty easily. But then Jeez. somehow, Marshall just comes out and they get Arkansas State to end the regular season and just drum them. Final score is 35-21, to but Arkansas State got just destroyed. I think it was like 28-0 yeah. at one point. So just a super roller coaster of a year. A lot of emotion, a lot of takes. Evidently, Cam Fancher was getting verbally assaulted by fans, whatever. Uh, they put Chad Pennington's son, Cole, in a quarterback. He played that South Alabama game, did not do well. Just a big mess, and they kind of backed their way into a bowl game. They probably weren't expecting a bowl game. So that's how you end up you know, having a dominating performance in your last game of the regular season and somehow firing four coaches. Yeah, so you start off 4-0, and then you have a five-game losing streak after that. Cam Fancher throws five touchdowns in the regular season finale to get you bowl eligible, and then announces that he's going to transfer portal. As you just said, Jared, Chad Pennington's son, Cole Pennington, is a true freshman for the Thundering Herd who was thrusted into the starting spot uh, in a couple of games this season. Mm-hmm. And now we thrust in the starting spot into the bowl game. Cam Fancher was by no means a world beater. Um, 11 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. 
in the 10 games that he did play, seven yards per attempt. He wasn't like doing crazy things for the Marshall offense. I think he's a but, fairly talented player, though. I think he was really fair, held back. Right. I think he was really held back by their offense. And I, I haven't been super impressed with their wide receivers either. So I feel like if, if Bancher was in a better offense with better talent around him, I think he would have done pretty phenomenal. And like he's, he's visiting LSU and NC State this week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, that's right. Uh, I think Marshall fans are, or, you know, Coach Huff said it, but they're definitely in the wrong here. This, kid, this kid's a ball player, I think. Um, if Absolutely, you're a yeah. fan, you definitely got to feel much better facing Pennington than, than Fancher because Pennington, boy, he was not ready. He was not ready to be put into the situation that he was in. Um, 39.6 pass rating on or passing grade on PFF. Tough, man. Six interceptions to zero touchdowns in the three games that he's played uh, for the Thundering Herd. That's 79 attempts, 49 completions, six interceptions to zero touchdowns. Really, really tough, man. He's just he's 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 a developing true freshman. He has just not been given the the the, the tools and, and and he just hasn't had the development no frankly to be ready to go in at the fbs level and start football games every single week he's just not there yet the kid has to grow more he has to develop more he has to mature more the speed and, of the, the speed of the game is way too much for him right now like he can't he can't progress through his reads in time he's just not ready he got thrown into the fire way too early and they have a a senior transfer quarterback from the Rice Owls and TJ McMahon, but oh, I forgot TJ's there. He didn't get any run at all this season. He's only attempted one single mm. pass. They only put him in for two games. He's only played a few snaps, and uh, that's even more so bewildering to me. That oh, dude, he, must, he must have gotten hurt. He surely he got hurt, right? Maybe, possibly, and I shouldn't. We should know the answer to that, but. It just it's it's bewildering to me that TJ McMahon wouldn't be getting the backup slot over a true freshman in Cole Pennington. Yeah, that's crazy. You stack on top of that, not only Cam Francher entering the transfer portal, but uh Marshall's second leading wide receiver in Caleb Coombs and starting guard Trent Holler. Caleb Coombs, I mean, he was actually averaging the most receptions per game yep yep he definitely a primary target for them um not much of a deep threat down the field i don't know if they, they really have one to be honest with you right. uh but he was a critical part of that offense and you know we'll have to see if they have any young talent that's kind of waiting in the wings but with the season they've had and the offensive struggles that they have you feel like if they had some hidden weapon that's a freshman on the depth chart or something they would have busted him out already right no, they certainly didn't mind doing it at quarterback, you know, so they would do it at right. receiver if that was the case. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you lose Caleb Coombs. He was catching the most balls per game for you. Uh, you lose one of your you lose one of your protectors up front on the offensive line. And so this is a, a lot of holes in this Marshall team mm-hmm. going into this game. A team that was already... Eh, I don't want to say mediocre, but a team that UTSA was going to be highly favored against. Regardless. Their offense is definitely mediocre at best. Um, I watched a 
quite a bit of their late season offense. And even when they were blowing out Arkansas state like that, their offense never really had a lot of rhythm to it. It never looked very natural. The players never looked very comfortable, a sluggish tempo, a lot, a lot of like screen passes into the flats, not a lot of attacking downfield. She's not a very good offense. And they have a really great running back, Rasheen Ali, a guy people probably heard of. He's definitely got an NFL draft potential um, in front of him, which, you know, fair to ask if he's going to play in this bowl game or not. He might opt out and go into the draft this year. Who knows? Um, no, no statement from him one way or the other transfer portal or anything. Just, you know, something to keep in mind. Uh, but without Ali, I mean, this offense would just be dreadful, uh, especially with Fancher out. But, you know, if Rasheen Ali plays, he, he's a talented enough running back. He, he'll move the sticks. He'll keep the offense on the field and he'll keep him in games. But, you know, he doesn't get a whole lot of help um, in, in taking away the attention of the defense. And that's going to be even worse for him um, this coming week mm-hmm. with, with UTSA, obviously uh, willing to load up the box against a inexperienced true freshman quarterback. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. And Marshall only averaging, even with, you know, a full offense in of starters, 23 points per game. It's just not a lot of scoring potential, not a lot of explosiveness on this offense. Yeah. I don't even, I mean, their offensive coordinator was one of the coaches that was fired. Um, Wide receiver coach as well. Typically, if you lose the OC, you'd go to the quarterback. They're a quarterback coach. They don't have a quarterback coach. Then you'd probably go to the wide receiver coach to call plays. Well, the wide receiver coach is out now. So, Offensive line coach is out. So is it, I don't know if the running back coach is going to call plays, if, if Coach Huff is going to call plays, if they're elevating an analyst or a GA into that role. I really don't know. Uh, we'll have to ask the guys from the Thundercast when we speak with them tomorrow for our Patreon episode. A lot of unknowns, man. And, you know, it's, it's hard for UTSA to prepare for that as well. Because, like, you just – you really know what – you have no clue what they're going to throw at you. They could completely revamp their offense around Pennington's strengths and weaknesses, like throw everything out the window. I mean, all the guys that – Plan that offense are are gone now, right? So it's it could be a little scary for sure. Well, I mean, it's going to be different. It's going to it's it's hard to prepare for that, right? You just got to make sure that your offense is firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. But you don't really know what they're going to look like on offense. But yeah, you have offensive coordinator Clint Trickett gone, offensive line coach Bill Leg gone, wide receivers coach Javon Book Knight gone, and then linebackers coach Shannon Morrison. Only defensive coach gone, but that's four assistant coaches gone, and uh, three what I would consider major cornerstones of your offense on the roster gone. Uh, Jared, when we look at the UTSA side of the ball, as far as players that are going to be playing and players that are not going to be playing, I think we've kind of figured out who most of those guys are going to be. I don't know. Are you expecting any surprises? We know Trey Moore is not going to be playing in the bowl game. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you asked that. I, I'm not super, super concerned about like opt outs and stuff this year. Um, I I have maintained my stance that there were not that many opt outs uh, in the 20, the last Frisco Bowl, the 2021 bowl game, as people thought. I think a lot of those guys had great, is- great issues, injury issues, COVID issues, stuff like that. Um, so I'm not super worried about it. I don't think that they're there's really anyone right now on this roster that's looking at a potential day two NFL draft selection. Um, I don't think anyone's even a sure thing to get drafted at all at this mm. point. And, and those are typically the guys that you got to worry about the most opting out of a bowl game. Not a big concern, uh, at least from my perspective um, in this one. 
And then I think what you were saying earlier about, you know, already having that conference championship, it kind of changes your goals or whatever. So I'm not super worried about it. Um, we just saw that UTSA had like an amazing academic progress report rating for this past year. So hopefully they've got the academic stuff under control and everyone's passing their classes and all of that. Um, COVID's going around, you know, who knows? Maybe some guys get sick or whatever. The guys get injured, at, you know, walking into the game and, and have to sit out, you know, so you never know. And of course, if anyone doesn't play, people are going to say it's an opt out. But no, I think they're going to be a pretty, pretty much full strength other than Trey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. So with with that in mind, UTSA going to have everybody in on offense, all the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. You miss out on Trey Moore, but, you know, the Marshall offensive line isn't exactly so menacing that, yeah. you know, the, the guys can't create just as much havoc on a Marshall team without Trey Moore. Yeah, they're all some line solid and pass blocking. They don't get a whole lot of push in the in the run game. Uh, but they're like you said, I don't think that they're so stout that they're just gonna completely shut out this pass rush uh without Trey Moore there. And I think UTC has some pretty talented guys that haven't gotten a whole lot of snaps just because Trey's on the field every single third down. Um so we'll see what this gets to do. Obviously, they're not gonna replace Trey's production or anything like that, but um I think we'll they'll we'll see some new guys step up and get some pressure on the quarterback. Definitely so. Definitely so. So, Adrian, when we were listing all those offensive coaches that left and like how we don't know who's going to call the plays, uh, you want to know a familiar name that's an offensive analyst or the Thundering Herd? Ooh, yes, one. I certainly would. Chucky Keaton. Wow. You think Chucky Holy Keaton's going to call the plays in the Frisco Bowl? That's scary. He's hard to beat, you say. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Dude, he's, he's, oh, uh, he's shaved now. He's got a sick dome. Great, uh, great shave there. Looking good. Make me proud as a fellow bald man. <laughs> We're getting to that age now where we start to recognize like so many of these coaching names for, as former players. It's getting wild. Yeah. Chucky Keen was uh is from is from H Town. We up in Cypress, I believe. Oh, that's right. Dang. Cypress Creek. Yeah. Let him out of Texas. Damn shame. Oh my gosh, the worst, man. The yeah. worst. Um, nothing else really for me on the offense. Uh, you know, like we mentioned earlier, their, their defense is pretty solid. Um, they, they got this team to a bowl game for sure. <laughs> um, my impression of them is like, they're really solid all around on defense. Um, both pass coverage, run stopping, pass rushing. They do a little bit of it all. Uh, I think they're like, they're, they're kind of interesting because they're, they're kind of on the smaller side. You know, a lot of their guys are not the prototypical size that you would really be looking for. At that position, like I think they have a defensive end who's only six feet tall. Uh, they got an edge rusher that's like 240. Um, so not like fully fleshed out like NFL body types or anything like that. But obviously their production speaks for itself. They're they're really athletic. Uh, they have a local kid from Huntington. I can't remember uh, which one. He's one of their interior defensive linemen. Uh, he, he's an absolute stud. Um, see if I can look at the roster and figure that out while I uh tap dance around and save myself some time uh mm. owen porter owen porter is the one i'm thinking of. okay okay six foot three 237 so uh really light especially for a, a retro senior but he's a big time playmaker for them i'm looking here at the box score jared for the 2018 matchup between utsa and marshall where 
this would have been the last time that the Roadrunners faced Marshall. And uh, this was during that dark era between Don Sturm and Frank Harris. Bryce Rivers and JoJo Weeks were uh, both well, in at quarterback during that game. As UTSA went down 23-0 to zero in Huntington. But there's one name on this box score that sticks out. With two for receptions for, yes, for UTSA. With two receptions for 10 yards, Tyke Ogle Kellogg wow. on the stat sheet in that 2018 matchup. Tyke will be in the Frisco Bowl up against Marshall. He remembers getting shut out in 2018 when the Roadrunners <laughs> were three and eight going <laughs> after that game. And um, he remembers, he remembers that game. It'd be awesome for Taiki Ogo Kellogg to get in the end zone against Marshall, get that win against him. And we will be tied two and two over um, the series history. If we win this bowl game against Marshall as well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia as well. 2017 UTSA escapes in the Alamo dome nine to seven over the Marshall Thunder Do you remember that game? God. Oh, my I think gosh. that was a game that Robert Singletary had like the game of his life. He had like seven tackles for loss or something like that. Golly, man. We've seen 2017 on, on the back of three field goals. UTSA escapes. <laughs> Nine to seven. Oh, it comes so far. Jared Sackett hitting the walk off with two seconds remaining in the freaking regulation, dude. Oh my gosh, amazing! Which, by the way, like that was a nail biter, Jared. UTSA is is shutting out Marshall six to zero, and uh, they scored the go ahead touchdown with a minute and a half remaining wow. in the fourth quarter to go up seven to six. Who led that uh, march down the field, that quarterback? That bad man, Don Stern. Let's go. My dog. Let's go. Jared Sackett nails the 40-yarder. Golly, man. Beautiful. Beautiful. Last note, little X factor on the Marshall Thundering Herd. Their return specialist, Jaden Harrison, first-team All-American returner. Keep the ball wow. away from him. He is their offense alongside Ali. Don't punt it to well, him. Don't kick it to him. This will be uh, Lucas Dean's last game booting the oh, rock true. for UTSA true. as well. huh? So big shout out to Lucas Dean. Uh, greatest punter in UTSA history. And yeah, he's got a big, big task at hand. He's got to kick the hell out of that football, man, and make sure you keep it out of his hands. Keep it out of Jaden Harrison's hands. Mm-hmm. Indeed. But Jared, when 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 you look at this team, you know, kind of zooming out, you see you see the Roadrunners in their very last contest in, in this sort of form with, with this roster, how special it is. Like, are 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 you expecting like you come out firing on all cylinders, big plays? UTSA goes out there and just wipes the floor with the thundering herd. Frank Harris, you know, in in, in his great form in his best peak form airing the ball out to Joshua Cephas airing the ball out to Tyke Ogle Kellogg um you know our, our our three-headed running back monster coming out of the backfield with Kaborian Barnes Rocco Griffin are, and, and they're just 
taken whatever they want, everything they see. Like, do you expect a full on domination from the UTSA Roadrunners or them to go out in, in electric style in this game? I don't know if I would go so far as to say full on domination, because I do think that Marshall's defense is going to make some plays here. They've got some some solid athletes over there. Um, so I think they'll they'll make some plays that keep it from being a complete and total blowout. Uh, but I do think just with, with all the chaos surrounding this Marshall program, um, I just I can't uh, picture them playing very clean football, especially with Pennington at quarterback, man. I just um, it, it was a little bit hard to watch his film. Uh, he's just very obviously not ready to play at this level. Um, and UTSA's defense is, is really going to give him fits. So I have UTSA winning by around 21 points or something like that. Maybe like a, a 34 to, to 10 final or. 34 to 13 final, something like that. Yeah, I think UTSA easily covers the the two possession spread here, which is that 13 points from Vegas. The over-under is set at 52 and a half, 53 points. Yeah, I think I think Vegas has 40 of those coming from UTSA. Oh, man. Um to be quite honest with you, yeah, um, I, I I see I see the road runners really having a field day just based off of the circumstances. Uh, uh, this Marshall program in absolute shambles, going into Charles Huff's last contract year, half of uh, your offensive playmakers leaving, uh, four, three of which on the offensive side, assistant coaches being axed after the last regular season game, um, just uh, just a lot of mess happening across mm-hmm. the Marshall program and along with like the the Marshall support and fan base you've got like this this weird thing happening between the fans and the coaches it's very strange very unusual and yeah UTSA, I think um someone on the rivals message board started a rumor that coach Huff was going to be asked to resign and then it just never materialized and, and that I like that. spread around a lot man like it definitely got back to coach Huff for sure it's oh, messy 100 percent hundred percent. And I'm sure there's a lot of people calling for it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. You couple, you, you put that up against this UTSA team who has pretty much everybody playing except for their one key defensive uh, playmaker. They have something to play for. They want to win this game. I think it's a, uh, I think they're emotionally charged up for it. Man. I, I think, I think you see the best version of this UTSA roadrunners team that, you've grown to love watching. I think you're going to see it one last time, man, the the high flying magic of Frank Harrison and offense score prediction. UTSA 40 Marshall 13. Oh, right there with a, with a point total. Interesting. Uh, so in that case, do you, do you keep Frank in the whole game or do you give it some run? Oh man. It'd be real hard for me to pull Frank Harris yeah. out of his last game. Yeah. I don't give a damn if it's 37 to seven with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. I want Frank Harris to throw another TD, man. And that's <laughs> hard. Jared, that's that's really, really hard for me. I'm gonna go ahead and say no. I can respect that hundred percent. What about well, you? Any any last thoughts on Marshall, on Scooter's Coffee, on the Frisco Bowl? <laughs> No, no, no. I think you nailed it with uh, get get your scooter's coffee in before kickoff. You're going to need it to stay awake. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of want to know, would you, would you want to pull Frank Harris 
if UTSA is that up big in the, in the um minutes. yeah I probably would just like let him go out on a high note like if he throws a touchdown to go ahead by four scores or something like that give him that standing ovation and maybe you can put him back in for the final kneel down in victory formation oh man I should the game that. play out that way I love that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, yeah, you don't want him out there with a the backup line getting hammered by a good Marshall pass rush. And, yeah, it's like. You want that helmet off on the sideline, waving to the crowd. Yeah. You know, art, yeah, yeah, sign out grass out there. Yeah, sipping, a, some, sipping a Scooter's iced coffee on the sideline. Still a few minutes left of regulation. Frank Harris kissing babies on the sideline, yeah. dude. Yeah, I love that, man. I love that call. Yeah, yeah, I'm not against it. I'm not against it, man, but I am a hundred percent confident that UTSA will exercise the bowl demon with a win in the Dallas Fort Worth area to hoist that bowl trophy. We will not be trophy list this year. Hmm. We'll get one. We will get our first bowl trophy to go up against two conference titles in the trophy case. Um, what's the other trophy we have? Oh, the uh the I-35 rivalry with Texas State. We keep that thing. Yeah, let's get another trophy in that trophy case, baby. I think we still have a trophy from the New Mexico Bowl. It's like a participation trophy. Get rid of it. Toss it. Don't want it. <laughs> Just smash it. Get rid of it, dude. Yeah. That would be a good way. After we get this bowl trophy, <laughs> smash that old one, bro. Oh, my Toss God. It. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. Or do like a raffle. Do charity raffle for it. Do oh a fundraiser for it. I really that would be like disrespectful thing. to like Native American heritage. You're probably right. Like the it is a beautiful, it is like a beautiful handcrafted <laughs> pottery. Of art, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, dude, let's charity it off. Let's get some money raised for that damn practice field cover. Yeah. Jeff Trailer, what he wants. Keep him here another 12 years. Let's go. Right. Let's go. Um, so we alluded to this earlier. We're, our bonus episode on, on Patreon this week is we're gonna do a QA with the host of the Thundercast, uh Marshall podcast we're really excited to speak with those guys we'll be going on their live stream this week as well so stay tuned for that link um and thank you to all of our patreon members who've continued to support us throughout the season and hopefully we'll stick around throughout the off season as we transition into recruiting coverage and baseball coverage and i don't know maybe basketball if something happens hmm, who knows uh, so thank you to all of those folks including digitique john otwell lino perez of Los Dos Brady tailgating Gary and Rupin represent the UTSA Burgang Tailgate, Ray Redding and Meet Me Apparel, Brandon Grail and the Grove Realty Group, Andy Elizada and Proficient Benefit Solutions, Ian McClendon Secret LLC, Brandon Patron, Ryan Squares, Watermark Construction, Javon Townsend, VP of the DFW Chapter of the UTSA Alumni Association, UTSA Annual Giving, and our big money donors, including Ben Tovar, The Bunch Family, Zekas Berdequeta and the San Antonio Podcast Network, Alejandro Benavides, Dan Nerdall, host for On the Birdbath, Jacob Fossos, board president for the UTS Alumni Association, who got to introduce UTSA's new alumni at commencement last weekend. How cool is that? Congratulations, Jacob. Maddie and Mandy, Jenna and Andy Enzaldua, Rick Cortez and Redwood Grillers, and Homefield Apparel, where you can do some Christmas shopping, uh, get some merchandise for all of those college football fans in your life. With discount code UTSA, what's home field? You get 15% off your first purchase. I've gotten gifts for Rice alumni, for LSU alumni, for AM alumni. Great place to shop. And hopefully one day we'll have our own UTSA gear on there as well. So thank you guys all for listening. Be sure to get us on social media and check out our Patreon episode this week. And uh, we'll see you guys back next week to recap. Uh, next week is going to be crazy, Adrian, because we got to recap the bull. I got to drive back to Houston. I'm not taking PTO. <laughs> So I'm be out. I'm driving late, and then we got to recap the bowl game, and then we got to do signing day as well. Yes, 
Oh, it's gonna be a mess. So bear with us. We might be a little bit late on those things, but we'll get to it all. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Thanks for your support. And uh, we'll see you guys in Frisco.